0: This is Anthony Manfredi.
1: Hi, this is Opal Alipot. And this is the Performance Management TechCast podcast.
0: Welcome to the Performance Management TechCast. We are recording this in May 2021. Today, we would like to welcome back Tony Scalise from OneCloud. Tony joined us back on our second episode, and we are excited to hear from him to see how OneCloud has grown over the last few months.
1: Welcome back, Tony. So please introduce yourself to our audience for those who haven't listened to the first episode with you.
2: Thanks, Opal and Anthony. Happy to be back. Um, My name is Tony Scalise. I'm the head of customer success here at OneCloud, and I've been in the Oracle EPM space for more than 20 years now, uh, but I am now with OneCloud.
1: So we last interviewed you about six months ago on our second episode in season one, And so it's been an interesting ride since then, considering that we're coming out of the whole quarantine thing. What trends are you seeing in 2021 compared to last year in the performance management space and specifically the data integration space?
2: Great question. Thinking about this a bit, I've seen a few different things going on and I'll start kind of granular and and work my way up. From a tech perspective, I've noticed that when people are integrating with systems now, the systems that we're interacting with tend to be a lot more cloud-based. I don't think that that's all that surprising given what the world has become. But within there, just from a technical perspective, we're seeing a lot more JSON. And that's not always a fun format to work with. That's one of those things that luckily, and not trying to be the, the plug guy over here, but it's something that we've got some good capability around. And so I've learned a lot about how to interact with JSON and do different things there. But that's something that I've seen as a just a very technical focused item of what I've seen change over the past six to 12 months.
0: Tony, do you see JSON mostly for bulk or for streaming data type of feeds coming through?
2: We generally deal with bulk data. Uh, we're not doing a whole heck of a lot of streaming. We do have some additional capability now with one of our technology partners, the Anaplan side of the world, they've introduced a new transactional API that allows us to actually stream data for them. I would expect that we would begin to see more JSON coming into play there. But even on bulk operations, we are definitely seeing JSON payloads more than we were seeing say a tabular look and to data.
0: That's interesting stuff. I know it, the formats can be really challenging to deal with too. So
2: to get that data out. There's certainly a learning curve there. Yeah, But taking it up a level from that technical minutia, because while that's interesting that that doesn't say a whole lot about what's going on and what's changed and what are the trends, I've noticed a few things. I'll start with the Oracle EPM side of the house, because when we think about what OneCloud is and, and what our market is, there's a large portion of our market that's Oracle EPM. There's a large portion that's Anaplan. And then there's this other contingent of our business that doesn't have either one of those systems as their primary intersection point with OneCloud. But just starting with the Oracle EPM side, I'm seeing some interesting trends there. I see more rest and more groovy, which is kind of cool, but it's also a lot more complexity. And this is the struggle that I've always had in the Oracle EPM space, particularly when it moved from being Hyperion to being Oracle EPM. And I think that Oracle has been trying to address this, particularly with the cloud and the frameworks, those capabilities with REST and Groovy equal more complexity. So while they might give you more power, they also take a, lot, a bit more technical skill in order to be able to build and more importantly, maintain. So it's great for the consulting community because we, I came from consulting, I, I spent a, a what feels like a lifetime there doing those things. It's fun. It jazzes you up. It's really gets you going as a consultant, but you always have to remember what's the customer able to, to actually own once you have moved on to the next project, Do they need to call you back just to update something. And that's obviously not what most customers want. So that's one half of Oracle. PM. The other half of that seems to be people looking at JSON and Groovy and, and Jython and REST and just saying, you know what, you can keep that over there. That's way too complex for us to be able to maintain. We're just going to go with flat files and we'll just do simple loads. We'll use EPM Automate, we'll use cloud data management. And so there's kind of this, this dead zone in the middle of more complex to very little complexity um, and so that's, that's kind of an interesting one. And I think previously FDMEE kind of sat in that middle ground because you had this ability to, to get somewhat technical without getting overly technical, but you had the ability to be more technical than just say like a flat file load. And so I think that that's been kind of an interesting trend that I've been seeing happening in the Oracle EPM space. So then the other side of this is Anaplan. And again, this is a big portion of what our customer base is, is Anaplan as well. What's been really interesting with Anaplan is we recently were recognized as a technology partner with them. We're now front and center of here are your available options for integration. And in the Oracle EPM space, you've always had FDME and cloud data management. Whether or not different people out in the industry really embrace those solutions, they were still packaged applications that allowed you to do something with with integration. Where with Anaplan it tends to be very either command line driven or you're talking about say HyperConnect, which is basically Informatica under an OEM. And they haven't had this middle ground application layer that empowered the business user the way say Cloud Data Management or FDME did for Oracle EPM. So now, The thing that we're seeing is that the Anaplan professional service providers, the Anaplan customers, Anaplan themselves has really embraced OneCloud because it allows them to fill this, this void that's existed for them in integration in a way that allows them to service what their customer base is. So it's been interesting to watch that evolution as well.
0: We did a podcast last week on AnaPlan, so uh oh, we were, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is perfect. So, yeah, so it's perfect timing <laughs> for for that.
2: Actually, AnaPlan stock actually went up like six and a half percent after our press release, and it was specifically noted on Nasdaq's website that we were the reason that the stock went up. That's cool.
1: That's awesome. What have been some of the most exciting updates to the One Cloud Universe since we last chatted in 2020.
2: I mentioned it already, but the Anaplan tech partnership, that was really big. That's that's Anaplan looking at a vendor and saying, yes, we see the value of your technology and we're going to say to our customer base that this is something that you should also evaluate. They don't say you should go with one cloud or one cloud only. They've got five different iPaaS providers that they endorse and say, yes, these are viable technologies that you can use and be successful with. So that. That really was a turning point for us in that technology partnership. Outside of that, there's also the launch of Data Prep this past year. Wildly successful for my very first product launch, but I think it's been wildly successful. We've had customers immediately bringing it in-house, using it, and being successful within it. We actually had a press release today that went out and had several customer quotes in it of people that are using it and seeing the value of it. It's making the conversation when you're talking to a prospect much easier. Because now when we think about integration and the E, T, and L, OneCloud Integration Studio, or what was formerly known as OneCloud, was really good at the E and the L. It really empowered the business user to manage those two portions of the integration cycle handled a little bit of the transformation layer, but it didn't really take on that functional side, that relationship between the different systems. Data prep elevated us exponentially on that capability. And so now we've got this holistic solution that a business person looks at it and goes, yeah, I get it. And so it's been really good for us and we're really excited about how it can help our customers and how it can help us. That's one I guess technically that's two, but another that has been something that another one of my little pet projects is our templates, our ability to create prefab solutions for particular integration use cases. And this is great for us because we can immediately bring value to our customers. It's even better for our implementation partners because it allows them to create essentially IP, and bring that to market and create another way to be differentiated from the competition. I really am excited about it. I, I've used it when I'm helping a customer deploy something. I say, Oh, hold on. I've got a template for that. And I go out and I grab the template. And instead of taking an hour to build something, now I've spent three minutes because I've already built it. And now it's just to stamp it out and repeat it. And then lastly, I obviously can't disclose the details of any of this, but one of the things that's been really great is our 2020 financial and company performance. We grew significantly. And for those of folks that know OneCloud, we're still in startup phase. So every year is really important. You really need to show growth, uh, both on the revenue line, the headcount line, and the customer count line. And we did that across all three of those metrics. And we did them to our plan. It was a fantastic year from that result. 2020 actually turned out really great for us. I I hate telling people that sometimes because I know so many people struggled with COVID in 2020 and continue to struggle. But kind of selfishly, it's been a really good year. It's been a challenging year, but it's been a good year.
1: To be honest, on that note, I feel like... 2020 was a very difficult year for many people, but in the particular space that we're in, in performance management, specifically even Oracle EPM, I find that the first half of the year totally sucked, but then the second half of the year more than picked up the first half of the year to the point to where all I'm hearing now in this universe is that everybody is busy. Everybody has projects. Everybody is hiring. So it's kind of an interesting turn of events, which... I'm sure if you dig beneath the covers, it makes a lot of sense given what we do in the performance management space. But I think it's kind of interesting how many people did very well last year by the end of the year. I agree. So what has the OneCloud team learned in the past year?
2: I'd look at it from a few different perspectives. Personally, me as a a member of OneCloud, and then I would look at our engineering team, and then I would look at us as a total team. So I'll start with myself. One of the things that I learned kind of tactically was the value of, of a learning management system. This was one of my pet projects for 2020 was launching this and deploying content. By creating what we call the One Cloud Academy or an LMS learning management system, that's enabled us to empower new users to the platform without any additional investment of time on our end. And when you're in startup mode, time is by far your, your most valuable item. And so if I can teach everybody all the foundational elements in exactly the same repeatable way, I can test them and make sure that they get it. And I can have that success rate across, say, 80% of the people that go through that course or more, then I've saved a whole bunch of time and I've created an environment where our users can be more successful. Personally was how software differs from services. I spent the overwhelming majority of my career in professional services in consulting. And moving over to software, there's a lot of skills that are transferable, but how software works and what that industry is like versus professional services is very different. While I've taken a lot of lessons from my services days, there's new ones I've needed to learn. And this is where... Having Quinn, a a seasoned entrepreneur, somebody that started a software company, exited it, started another software company, having him as our CEO and just being able to, to take leadership from him and guidance and advice and not have to make a bunch of mistakes that I would otherwise make has been fantastic. So for me on the personal front, those have been the things I've learned. So then I look at the organization and I look at engineering versus operations. And I guess versus is really kind of a bad choice of words there. But those are basically the, the two primary sides of the house in, in a software company. You've got the people that make the product and the people that do everything after that. And so it's the, the sales team, the support team, the finance team, the marketing, all of those different functions that you think of. That's the operations side of the house. I think the engineers over the course of the past year have really learned how are our customers using One Cloud, both Integration Studio and Data Prep, and I think they learned more this year because of how Data Prep really took off and how people responded to it and the feedback they were getting. We've also invested in systems. Whenever we have a Zoom meeting, we subscribe to a service that records it transcribes it and can even send alerts to different team members letting them know, hey, there was something said in this call that you need to be aware of. If it's for the engineering team, there's a product feature that somebody wants. There's a product defect. Not that we have any defects. Our software is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but if, if you've got a problem, you know, hears it from the customer's mouth directly. There's, there's no game of telephone. I think that that's been really useful for them when i first talked to them about data prep and how i took what i knew of fdme and cloud data management and those disciplines of data preparation and i tried to articulate that and share that with them there was almost this well why do you need to do that kind of response you could just see it and i think as we got more and more into it the more they saw oh, I see why people do that. And now this makes sense. I see why you asked for that feature when we were designing this. And so that's, that's been the growth I've seen there. And then in general, in the company, it was how to trust one another. And that sounds silly, but when you go from small, you know, a few folks working together to, wow, we've, we've doubled in in headcount or we've gone beyond that there all of a sudden there's this time where nothing can fall through the cracks at this stage of our evolution and so somebody learning to trust another person to run with something and make sure that it gets done properly and completely there is a bit of a learning curve there but i've watched it happen over the course of the last year where There's a lot more empowerment of other people on the team to say, all right, I trust you run with it. You know, somebody will hand a demo over to me. Just go take care of it, Tony. I trust you. That's been really exciting because I feel like that lays the foundation for the continued growth.
0: Tony, first off, I'm very frightened by that feature in the Zoom meetings. Uh,
2: (laughs) That's really
0: that's fantastic
2: yeah (laughs) you have to that must be really cool it's great Um, because i don't have to take notes anymore
0: yeah it just doesn't but the fact that it can alert people that there's something that hey this might may this might be important to you that is impressive like the fact that it may know that (laughs) how does it know
2: you train it it doesn't know that somebody on the team wants to know when this word is said you teach it Oh, these are the phrases or what and then you can subscribe to the alerts. And how is
0: development when you, you talk about the interaction with development did you think that that's something that when that when you first came on board were they receptive to that or was that something that they had to learn to trust your your you know experience and your opinion
2: engineers are by nature very intelligent people and I Definitely know that there was a a trust learning curve for them with me. And I think it's with every person that, that comes into an organization that they have to interact with a lot. They didn't care that I was a guy that had this experience in the Oracle EPM space that I had a certain reputation or certain experience. They certainly didn't discount it, but it didn't buy me the automatic, we trust what you're saying. I had to prove it.
0: That's interesting. Where do you guys see OneCloud going in uh, 2021 and beyond, Tom?
2: Great question. I love it. We have customers asking us, we have prospects uh, from an employment perspective that are asking us the same question. So it's one that's kind of near and dear to me. Right now, we're working on, we haven't yet named this product yet, but essentially, it's going to be a way for customers and partners. To build their own biz apps. And what that really does is it elevates the platform and it gets us out of the space of having to be the subject matter expert in a particular system in order to integrate well with that system. And we've now offloaded that to the tech community. So let's say that there's somebody in an organization that knows ADP really well. They really want to build an Connector or a biz app, as we call them, to ADP because they need to flow data into their workforce application. Great, go build the biz app. And the thing with the biz app builder is it's going to be like everything else in the One Cloud platform, where you're not writing any code, you're doing everything graphically and putting things together. So when you think about any type of endpoint in an API, that endpoint has one outcome. I invoke an endpoint and something happens. Well, great. That's the technical solution. But the functional solution is, well, I invoke that endpoint and then I probably need to go into a loop and check the status until it's done. And then I need to probably do a third thing that says, well, what was the status? Did it complete successfully? Did it not? What were the error codes, etc.? All of that can then kind of come together as a functional command in a biz app. And all of these things are gonna be in our ability to create your own biz app all in a graphical way, just like our integration studio chains are, just like data prep and its pipelines. So we're actively developing that right now. And that is where our focus is. After that, we really wanna focus on the platform. And as easy as the platform is to use today, we wanna make that even better and stronger. It's just typical evolution. Where we go beyond there, that's actually something we've been talking about a lot as an executive team. What do we wanna do next? I've got some ideas. I know the team's got some ideas. I think other people that we bring to the executive team will have some ideas. Just a couple that I've thought about, I'd love to figure out, do we wanna get into the master data space? Is that something that really makes sense? should we be looking at analytics? Because when you look at, not analytics like S-Space analytics, but I'm thinking about, if you look at something like Alteryx and what they do in terms of what they call data preparation, it's Alteryx, It's, it's a Cadillac. But what they're really good at is delivering information to people, actionable information and presenting it. Well, we can deliver the information. We can make it really good and really precise information but we haven't really found a way to surface that. And we haven't chosen to yet. Do we want to do that? We're not sure. So 2021, let's get through the ability to build your own biz apps. Uh, Let's get the platform continued to expand and mature in terms of its core capabilities. And then from there, some of those other things that, that I've thrown out, those may or may not ever come to fruition. Hopefully that answered your question, Anthony.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you have to balance what you got your, your goals are, and then the client requirements too, right? So things are going to pop up over the years that might take more a higher priority. Exactly. What should we expect to hear from OneCloud this year at uh, k
2: Well, we have a couple of customers there. Actually, we have a few customers there. Pemco is presenting on how they achieved a connected enterprise using OneCloud. And theirs is a really cool use case. They've got Oracle Financials Cloud. They've got the Oracle EPM side of the house with, I still call it EPBCS. I know that's not the right name for it, but it's just easier to say if you've been around for a while. They've got OAC, Gen 1 OAC, so more S space in the cloud. And then uh, they've got Oracle Content and Experience Cloud and how we connected all of those things together and flow data between all of them. Gap is there and they've They've recently gone live. They were a giant Cognos command center customer and just having them be able to transition over to the OneCloud platform. Everybody knows George Cooper in the S-Space world. George is excited about it. He's, he's happy. Um, and that's, that's no small undertaking to make George happy. He has very high standards. And he's helped us elevate the platform, quite frankly. There's ideas that he brought to us that we said, that makes a lot of sense and we need to build that. And then Pacific Life is there. OneCloud is very much kind of a hub in in their data transformation and, and data integration strategy. So it's always good to have Ramesh talking about things. He's really passionate about the tech. He's done a couple of webinars with us. That's really cool. No big announcements as we can foresee at this point. We'll definitely be talking to people about the ability to build their own biz apps. I'm sure we'll be showing people data prep. So that's what you can expect to see from us.
0: Yeah, I mean that sounds like some great
2: representation.
0: Just on another note, you also had another role that we didn't really touch on the last podcast—that you were the EPM content chair for OD Tugs Kscope this year. Can you comment, like, just in how the community might have changed since uh, Kscope nineteen, or is there anything else that you know, just in general, from an EPM track perspective, people should be looking forward to?
2: This year was my first year as a content chair. I had previously been a track lead on several occasions, but it's you certainly get a much broader vision. What I really sought to do was to bring in new blood, people that would bring in fresh ideas, because I love the K-Scope conference. And I think a lot of people do, but I also started to hear a lot from the community at K-Scope and outside of K-Scope of, it's always the same people leading things up. And There's value in that because you bring experience to the table, but that injection of fresh ideas I think is really important. So I sought to bring in new track leads across the board and then fill the teams with people that had prior experience so that they could buttress those people and bring some of the good and the the experience with them, but also bring in that new set of ideas. That actually worked out really well. All the track leads were really excited and engaged And at the same time, we also took a look at how do we want to approach the EPM track? K-scope is where you go and you get really good technical content and you go to open world and you get really good sales content. And what was really kind of devoid there is where do I get really good business content? Where as a decision maker, do I go and learn about what the art of the possible is as goofy and as overuses that term is, it's really true. Why do I want to deploy Oracle EPM Cloud? Why do I want to deploy S-Space? Well, that's the answer that needs to to be addressed at these conferences. Giving somebody that has the ability to, to make the decision, yes, I'm going to implement Oracle EPM, having them be able to come to a conference and hear how other customers have deployed and not from a The project looked like this, these were the challenges, these were the lessons learned. That's all tried and true, but realistically, what was the value of this? What has has gotten better from our business as a result of having deployed these? So that's what I really sought to bring to the EPM track this year. For the most part, people embraced that. I guess the proof will be in the pudding after the conference happens at the end of June and into the early part of July and what the reviews are like and whether or not people thought that that was valuable. And then we'll have to reassess for Scope 2022. Do we continue on that journey or do we go, eh, we had it right initially and, you know, nice try, but let's, let's fall back to what we thought made sense. Anything else you uh, going on that you want to plug? A few things I'd like to plug. One is our partnership program. We are always open to talking to new implementation partners that are interested in becoming a, a partner to OneCloud and being able to bring the, the technology to their customers and, and finding a way to, to differentiate themselves out there. We obviously have the free trial where people can sign up for 30 days, no commitment, there's no credit card, and hopefully you're successful. And at the end, we've, we've earned the right to your business. And if we haven't, then tell us what we haven't done well. And we don't even require you to do that, but obviously we'd, we'd love to know why OneCloud didn't work for you. And then can't get into too much detail, but this one's really exciting. Uh, it's not so much a plug, but actively hiring, particularly because we are entertaining a couple of um, term sheets, which means funding, uh, which means our growth will continue significantly, um, particularly in the very near term. So. If you know anybody that's interested in really dedicating their career to integration, wants to be in software, wants to be part of a dynamic team that really really is doing some fun stuff, please feel free to reach out. And I'll be, I'll be posting on LinkedIn and Twitter and all those different avenues at some point about the available positions, but our website, the careers page at the bottom of the, the homepage there is where you can find what's available. And obviously, even if there's something not on that page, reach out. If you know me, reach out and and let's have a conversation because I'd love to, to continue to grow the team.
0: Tony, I'd like to thank you so much for coming back and uh, joining us again. Uh, I think we learned a lot about where you guys have been up to the last couple of months. Let's just say you've been busy. So <laughs> it's great. Uh, I appreciate
2: being back. It was It's always fun. <laughs> I like talking with you guys. Yeah, it was good stuff. Thanks. Have a good one. You too.
0: Take care. Thank you for listening. The statements in this show represent the views of the participants and the hosts, and not necessarily the views of any organizations they may be affiliated with. You can reach us on Twitter, Anthony at TheManFreddy, and Opal at Woman in EPM with the hashtag PMTechCast. Please remember to
1: subscribe to get the latest from the Performance Management TechCast.